So I called uh, Andy Powell, who's one of our deacons and oversees our ushers the other day, and just was checking on a couple logistical things for today's gathering. And somehow I, I forget why I said it, but we, he said something that prompted something in me, and I, I said, yeah, Andy, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to be speaking. This was yesterday. And he said, he said, have you considered speaking on the resurrection? <laughs> and I thought, that's a confirmation. <laughs> I had that rolling around in me, and I'm going for it. <laughs> it's my day. I'm going to do it. If you've got your Bibles, let's open to Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. And uh, because of Andy's inspiration... We're going to read Mark's account of this glorious day. Father, thank you for your word today, and I thank you that it's alive and applicable to each one of us right here, right now. Thank you for hitting the mark. You know where we live. You know what we need. And I thank you that you care about all that, and you've come here to help us today. We love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me read a few verses here. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. I'm actually going to begin in verse 2. <clears throat> and very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb, and they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Remember, this was a group of women. And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in white, a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. So see the place, rather, where they laid him. But go... Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. Therefore, you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons so if i was to try to and i don't always do this but to put a title on a message today i would call it this the hope of all things new the hope of all things new i can't tell you how many times well you know i've been pastoring now for 23 years <laughs> it's just hard to believe I, I, I look in the mirror and i go really but it is what it is and uh, so I've preached at least 23 Easter messages, you know, and I've pondered these scriptures and every year, you know, the pressure's on. They say this is the Super Bowl of Christianity, you know, and so the pastor's like under the crunch, you know, and, and <clears throat> sorry, I was going to go somewhere and I decided not to. If, if you see me with that look, you know. I'm pondering some risky stuff, and I just opted not to. But anyways, so here I was, and just pondering these passages all over again and praying, and very mindful 
of how important this day is for us and for you that are here today. Uh, you know, hopefully today, this meeting, this time right now, is more than just a church obligation. That You've actually come because you're hungry to know him and you're hungry to experience him in a very personal and a living way. That's why we all should be here today, for that reason above all others. And so as I was pondering these things and, and I was just looking at these verses, as often the case is, it's like there's things that are just below the surface and there's like layers of revelation in the scripture. And depending on how long you're willing to hang out there, you know, some of the gospel accounts, it's interesting, the disciples came, they went in the tomb, they looked, they saw he wasn't there and they left, but Mary hung around a little while, right? And while she was hanging around and she was weeping, all of a sudden she hears a voice thinking it was the gardener. <laughs> and by the way, he was the gardener. Come on. This whole thing started in a garden. That's where it started. God says he's the husbandman waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. But anyway, she spins around all because she hung out a little while. Everybody else kind of moved on. But I found this that when I just take the time to slow it down some, I say, Jesus, I'm not content with an empty tomb. I'm not content with empty religion. I'm not content with just vain religious exercises. I'm looking for the power of God. I'm looking for what my spirit knows to be true deep inside, that there's got to be more to this thing than religious organizations have led on. So she hung out. She got some revelation. So for me, there I was hanging out. And I just started to see some simple things. And I found many times simple things are the most helpful things. And uh, so here's what, I, here's what I began seeing. Just simple stuff, but nonetheless began helping me. I hope it helps you today. The hope of all things new. So this whole thing starts off. Do we have the passage up here on the screen? Uh, Got to have a, this passage up here if you don't mind. This would be the passage we were just looking at. Thank you. Nope. Uh, nope. There we go. Very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen. So some translations say very early in the morning, right? It was the morning. So <clears throat> here's some new things. This is all things new, the hope of all things new. This verse starts with the idea that in the morning, we could say it this way. When you're talking about the resurrection, you're talking about a new day. It's a new day. It ought to be a new day for everyone who embraces what happened on that glorious morning. Starts off early in the morning, so it's a new day. It happened to also be on the first day of the week, which means it's a new week. I mean, that's, you know, that's an important revelation because, like, you know, so in the Jewish culture, this happened to be Sunday, but Saturday, the Sabbath, was the end of their week, right? So they had six days to work. They had a day of rest, the Sabbath. And then Sunday for them was like Monday for us. Come on. And you know how you feel on Monday. Monday, Monday, right? That's Monday. Monday is kind of like Monday? Really? But this is important when you're talking about resurrection because the, the, the principle is all wrapped up in the account. First, it was the morning. It's a new day. It was also the first day of the week, meaning it's a new way I'm going to approach my work and my worship. It's not going to be the drudge of things. That's the intention of the resurrection. It's to take the drudge out of life. 
put the fire and the zeal of life back in. So we're not waking up under all the load of stuff, but we're waking up with this hope. They were so excited after they got the news. I mean, it's Monday. They're probably both supposed to be showing up, or all of them supposed to be showing up to work, but they went running with the gospel message. Come on. They went running with the gospel message to a bunch of unbelieving disciples. Amen. That's a whole other sermon. <clears throat> so it was a new day. That was the morning. It was a new week. It was the first day of their week. Okay? <clears throat> it was a new season. You know, it's interesting, isn't it, that here we are, that, that the resurrection occurred in the spring. Don't you love the spring? I mean, I, unless you're pollen-ridden and uh, all that stuff. I tell you, to me, the spring is awesome. I love the spring, man. Stuff's coming into bloom, flowers. It's just an awesome, amazing, beautiful time of the year. So we have a new day. We have a new week, speaking into our work that we do it each and every you know, week of our life. And then we have a whole new season in which God chose to let this event happen. This is significant. It's not casual. It's all about the hope of new things. Please stay with me. The hope of new things, new day, new week, new season. New day, new week, new season. I love the idea of spring, and I know for some of you, you'll be familiar with these passages, but others not. There's a wonderful book in the Bible. It's called The Song of Songs, which is the Song of Solomon. The Song of Songs. And the title itself, here's what the title means. The title means there is no greater song that you could ever sing or could ever be sung. It is the song of songs. It's the best of all of them. And Solomon had written all kinds of songs, but this was the top of his list. And it's a song of a love story between a man and a woman, a triumphant, wealthy king and a common gal who was just a shepherdess, okay? And it's a tremendous picture of Christ, the king, and us common folks, okay? And how Christ, the king, has put his eyes, if you read the Song of Solomon, you find this king, he sees this beautiful gal who's just kind of a common lady, and he says to her, wow, I like you. I think you're beautiful. And she's going, oh, no, shucks, not me. I'm paraphrasing. And then he says, no, really, you are beautiful. <laughs> I'm in love with you. And she's all covered up in this, this shame and, you know, She's got all these issues if you read the book and you do a, a study. It's a beautiful, powerful picture because the Bible says that Christ is the head of the church. He's the husband to the wife, the church. That's us. All right. So it's this beautiful story. And he comes and over the course of the book, he delivers her from her fears. And in the end, she's just on fire responding to his love. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. But it all starts with hearing his words. I love you. I'm not angry at you. I think you're beautiful. Oh, but have you seen this issue I've got? Oh, yeah, I've seen it but I still think you're beautiful. And this is called the Song of Songs. So in this particular book, you know, uh, she, she has seen him, you know, so he's, uh, he's come to her and whatever, and so she's seen him, and as she's looking at him, he's skipping upon the mountaintops, and he's leaping over hills, and it's a tremendous picture of the victorious king who's on top of all the obstacles of life. You know, mountains... Please just hang with me. I'm a teacher at heart, and it is what it is. got to roll with me or go to sleep. It's all right. I'm not offended. Okay? <clears throat> but on, on, the, on the mountains, mountains, Jesus said, you could say to this mountain, 
be removed. You see, mountains many times are obstacles in our life. But here in the Song of Solomon, you've got the king. She sees him leaping on the mountains. Basically, he's triumphing over all life's obstacles. And then he says to her, come away with me. As if to say, come up here with me. I want you to get on top of your problems and your obstacles. I don't want you underneath them, right? Let me read to you Song of Songs, chapter 2 and verse 11. We're going to start. Here, here's what he's saying to her. Remember, we're talking about springtime because it's a new season, and that's the context. For behold, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. The voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. If you can hear this today as God's words to each one in this room, to you, to me, he's saying to us, it's a new season. Come on. It's more than just an Easter sunrise service where you got dressed up and you came to church. That's more than what this is. God's desire is for us to get it down in our spirit. It's a new day. Come on. It's a new week. And it's a new season. And he's saying in this new season, come with me. Come with me. It's the right time to come with me. Come on up here on top of the stuff. Come on up here and overcome all those obstacles you keep bumping up against. If you continue to read in the book, she kind of hits a crisis moment because she says to him, it doesn't seem like a crisis at first, but it turns into one. She says to him, no, no, I'm just going to watch. I'm paraphrasing, but you read it and check it out. She basically says, I'm content just watching you leap on the mountains. You are the victorious one. You're the king. You're amazing. I'm not. And therefore, because of my fears and insecurities, I'm going to stay right here, and I'm going to watch you. And is that okay? And she says, she says, no, no, you go do it. I'm hanging out here in my pew. That's where I'm hanging. I'm hanging here. And he says, no. And then you go right into chapter 3, and guess what happens? Suddenly she goes, have anybody seen him? I can't find the one that I has anybody seen? She gets into a crisis mode because when he invited her out and she didn't respond, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, if you don't want to come with me, good luck with that. Good luck with doing your own thing for a while. Check it out. Have at it. You're fine. But I'm moving on because it's who I am. I'm glorious. And listen, he does this with an intent in mind. It's not that he's abandoning us. He's just because we, we've already had a little taste of the love. And we, and we want more of that, but, but we're not yet ready to commit to the doing part, the, the engaging part. And so when we pull back and we don't respond, he says, okay, I've already got my hook in you. Any good fisherman knows there's time when you've got to let a little line out. Come on, Steve, talk to me now. You know I'm, talk, you know I'm saying amen is right. <laughs> he says, okay, have a little line. The hook is set, man. There's, I, I have to say this by the Spirit of God today. Some of you got the hook set a long time ago. Hook set. And now God's just waiting to see. Waiting to see. And so all of a sudden he's not there. And then she gets into this crisis mode. And she starts 
panicking, starts asking, hey, has anybody seen God or the king? Can't find him, whatever. And then after she's desperate for a little while, he shows back up on the scene and she tackles him. <laughs> this is Pastor Rob's translation. She says, when I find him whom my soul loves, I will not let go of him. Boom. It's like that ain't going to happen again. I'm not going to go through another season of not experiencing his presence. I have got to have him. You see, this is what he's doing. He's, he's bringing us into a place where we have to have him. But because of fear, she pulled back. Fear. You know, we started off in Mark's gospel, didn't we? Chapter 16, and we read the account. And the last verse I included when we read that initial account was an interesting verse of scripture. It, to me, it's, it's fascinating. Mark 16, 9. If you could throw that one up there on the screen, I'd appreciate it. Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. So, you know, we already said that when they came to the tomb, it was early in the morning, right? That's what we started reading when we first got going here. They came and it was the new day. It was the morning. But guess what? Jesus was up before they were. Did you catch that? Jesus was up before they were. He had already been working on their behalf. He had already been doing all the heavy lifting for them. The stone which they had no idea how they were going to deal with. You got any of those situations? Oh, come on. I'm talking to more than three of you. I know I am. You know, that thing, let me tell you, this is a powerful principle because remember, if you're still hanging with me, the gal, the Shulamite, the springtime gal, that's us. That's a new season gal. That's us, you and me, right? She was afraid of some things. But why would we be afraid when the one that we love has already gone on to the mountaintops in front of us? He's already rolled the stones away. He's already made the way for us. You see, God wants us to take confidence in what he's done so that when we step out there, we'll have a path prepared for us to walk on. It's a beautiful principle. Because people, I find this, maybe this is you today. When people hear an invitation to come up higher and to come with the Lord and to overcome and to enter into a new day, a new week, and a new season, when they hear that invitation, there's always seems to be things that, that tell them, you know, there's too many possible things that could go wrong with that. Therefore, I think I'm going to do what the Shulamite did, which is just kind of hang in my comfort zone that I've created, which is going nowhere, by the way. It's going nowhere. We fear. We, we, we don't understand. And so there's a confidence we should have and can't have because Jesus. Now, when Jesus was risen early before you, before me, he was up doing what needed doing for us. He chose to appear first to a woman who had a very questionable past. Mary Magdalene, many believe she was the prostitute. One thing's for sure, she had seven demons. That's what the Bible says. That's not just what pastor said. That's what the Bible says. And it made, you know, 
you know, God, I thought you were into kind of like covering people and, and like, why would you publicly forever in the ages publish that in your book? You know, couldn't we have left out that one? Wouldn't it have been a Christian thing to do to not mention the fact that she had seven demons? Oh, no. God said, that's, that, that, that's the point. I want you to know that, that on day one of this new life that I'm providing for the earth, I chose to show myself first to a woman in the culture, second-rate citizen. So I've chosen to say, we're removing that whole deal. Amen. Come on, ladies, say amen. We're removing that whole deal, right? And not only is it a woman, it's a woman who's had some issues. There's another amen. Thank you. <laughs> oh, just one or two issues. Yeah. Seven devils were living in this woman. And the Lord is so gracious to publicly let everybody know that that was no longer her condition. That's the point in the whole thing. You don't have to keep your devils. You know, I tell people, it's not a shame to have a devil. It's a shame to keep one. And I'll say it again. It's not a shame to have one. Once you realize you've got one, it's a shame to keep them. When God has made a way. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Going to do just a little circle up front. <coughs> if you don't like that, probably because you have a devil. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Well, we'll see you next year. No. There's something here. I'm telling you, God has, God has a powerful message for us today. The message is simple. It's a new day. And by the way, I started it before you. I'm already in front of you because I want to help you. It's a new week. Work doesn't have to be the drudge of treadmill going nowhere. Your work can become your pulpit. It's a new season. It's a time when the birds are singing. Spiritually, God is inviting us to overcome. And he chooses to do all of this with a woman, first example, who had a past. I could tell you, and I won't today, for time's sake, if you're a part of the congregation, you've already heard some of my testimony. But I tell you what, when I came to the Lord, I had my own issues, lots of them. I'm telling you, man, it, it was not pretty. It's a testimony. When I used to tell people back where I came from, up New England, that I was a pastor, you could, you could hear the phone drop. I mean, it was just like, what? Go figure, man. I, I don't get that. That, is, that, can't, that doesn't equal up. Well, it is what it is. <clears throat> I'm going to do a whole sermon series called It Is What It Is. <laughs> you know why is it that we draw back you know we talked about fear when god's calling us up why is it that we draw back what is that we said you know fear uh of not being able to accomplish certain things some of the things because we remember our past you know there's something about our past that always tries to hold us down 
And the thing that I find so powerful and so important in this day right here as we're celebrating Easter, all the hope of all things new. Whatever my past was doesn't have to define who I am or where I'm going. That's a fact. doesn't have to do it. My past can be dealt with. That's the woman who had seven devils. Now, I realize for some of you this may go right over your head, but for some of you, you'll appreciate this idea. Did you know, so she had spirits that were governing her past, and I'm telling you the reason for much of our failures is because of the spirits that are working in and around our lives. That's just good teaching. It's good Bible. The reason for many of our troubles is because of the spirits that are, that are poking and manipulating and setting us up for constant failure. But she got delivered from some spirits, and she was being set up for. Isaiah chapter 11 makes this uh, beautiful account, Isaiah 11 too, about Jesus, the spirit he would operate under, and it actually breaks it out into seven facets. The spirit of the Lord shall be upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. So we know that there's only one spirit in God, but it has seven facets. The seven, often called the sevenfold spirit of God. And I don't think it's a coincidence that this gal got delivered, come on, from seven devils. Come on. Because she was getting ready to get filled with the sevenfold spirit of God. And this new life was going to bring about all kinds of leaping on mountains and skipping on hills. Because of a different spirit. You see, the fear that we're not going to succeed is attached to the spirit we're operating in. And I don't have time here today, but let me just give you the quick flash. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The spirit. So, I'm moving. I hope you're following. Because in a little bit, shortly, this meeting's going to end. And you're going to walk out those doors. Right? And what are you going to walk out those doors with? Happy Easter. Amen. But how about a new day? Come on. I know I'm redundant, but this is how it gets in. How about a new week? Come on. How about a new season? How about a brand new life? Fueled by the sevenfold spirit of God. I believe it's available here i tell you i feel the presence of god so just let me finish out here when you think about resurrection any of you have studied the foundational principles you know this principle we could talk about resurrection past that's what's already happened jesus was raised from the dead others came out of the grave that same day with him according to the bible there's a past resurrection there's a present resurrection that's happening right now Every day when you die to yourself, every time you take up your cross and follow the Lord and you die to yourself, resurrection power comes where we deny ourselves in the now. So there's resurrection past, resurrection now. And then we know, according to the scripture, there is a future coming resurrection when we're all coming out of the grave, first the just and then those who have not accepted in a thousand years later. That's a whole other thing. But there it is. Past resurrection, Jesus already did it. Current resurrection is what's going on right now. Every day we get to taste of heaven's power right here in the now. And then one day there's coming 
a resurrection. Let me just give you this quick scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has, that's past tense, has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So we already talked about this. If you believe in Jesus, you've already experienced a resurrection in your life. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. But how about the now resurrection? Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous is like the light of the dawn. It's a new day, remember? Which shines brighter and brighter. How does that do that? How, how often? How is it doing it? It's, it's like a dawning of a new day. It's getting brighter and brighter until the full day. So where we are right now, the path of the righteous, if you're walking in Christ, things are getting brighter, come on, and brighter and brighter. And there's a gradual change. We're being changed right now. I was thinking of something funny <coughs> the other day. So, you know, when I grew up, I hated having curly hair. Okay? Hated having curly hair. Because nobody I knew had curly hair. And my brother, who I looked very much up to, you know, we, so military family, crew cuts, finally got to the age where they let us grow a little longer, and I wanted to look like my older brother. And he was wearing this, sporting this long uh, Peter Frampton. <laughs> Does that date me or what, right? Peter Frampton kind of thing, man, right? <clears throat> and so I wanted to do what he did, but I didn't have that kind of hair. And so I would blow dry my hair, I'd wash it, blow dry it, and then I got the bozo thing going on, you know? It would kind of, like, you try to pull it straight, and I'd look like this, you know? I've got some pictures that if they ever got out, you'd fire me, you know? you just say, I, I just can't do it. I can't stomach it, man. It won't happen. But there I was, right? And then finally, as I grew and matured, I realized that, you know what? God gave me curly hair. I'm going to just roll with it. And then I found out, you know what? I kind of like it. It's easy. I just, I can wet it. I take a little spritz bottle. And I'm, rock the curls, buddy. And, I, and I'm just good to go, you know? I just, and I'm good to go. I'm off. I cut my own hair. You say, I know. <laughs> I can tell, right? Don't be looking too close. All right. So anyways, we were staying at Christy's mom's house on the island and, and whatever, and there was a little squirt bottle on the sink. The gals had all their necessaries out there, you know? So I'd taken a little squirt bottle. A couple days, we were there for a couple weeks, and I, and I'm out the door. And one day I showed back up in the mirror, and I looked. I kid you not, God is my witness. My hair was turning orange. I'm not kidding. I'm talking orange. My daughter at that time was into this peroxide bleach out your hair kick. I didn't know. Come on, somebody talk to me. I didn't know she had it in this little squirt bottle. Is that orange? <laughs> oh, buddy, that's orange. And then your whole life flashes in front of you. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because the first day I squirted it on there, nothing happened. And it just, it was fine. I went and rolled. Second day, nothing happened. I'm probably a week into, and then it showed up. Gradual 
change. How many people come to church and go, one time, come on, one time, and walk off and say, it didn't work for me. I'm telling you, not that you want orange hair, but I'm talking about letting God have his way in an ever-progressing kind of way in your life. Come on. There's got to be some commitment to a little time. Give God a chance to work in your life. Next week, I'll issue out squirt bottles for everybody. We're going to put a little thing, living water. Would that be good? That sounds good. Becky would do it. I know she would. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with orange. Black. My, my, mine, yours looks fantastic. I mean that. I like your hair. I think your, I think your hair looks awesome. But mine, you would not like to see. It was not that nice color, trust me. <coughs> you can only imagine the shock in my eyes when this... <laughs> All right, we're moving on now. We are moving on. By the way, the orange that my hair was was nobody's color in this room. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hi, 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 the work of a pastor, it is terrible. You know, I'm just trying to make a point. <laughs> Can you just roll with me? Come on, hang with me, hang with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm still sure. You know, if you're wondering when that happened, that was when I took like a two-month vacation. Do you remember that time? <laughs> remember that? <laughs> it's a new day. It's a new week. It's a new season. And God is calling us out to be with him, leaping upon the mountains and skipping upon the hills. He wants us to overcome with him. He wants us to live triumphantly and victoriously. He doesn't want us to plow through life drudging and dreading every moment. That's what the resurrection's about. Seven demons replaced with the sevenfold spirit of God. The spirit that's Operating in our lives will often dictate our successes and our failures. And now is that time. I want to read to you one last portion of scripture because I said there's resurrection past. Jesus did it. There's resurrection today. That's that gradual change we're supposed to be moving in. And then we have this amazing hope of a new day that's coming. And I tell you, if you've lost a, lost a loved one or whatever, it's such an encouraging thing to say, oh God, this thing's not over yet. You're going to do such an amazing thing in the end. Revelations 21, beginning in verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. 
And he who was seated on the throne said, here it is, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. All things new. The beginning, and he's going to finish it up in the end because he's committed himself to do it. So, Today, simple question. Do you have in your heart the hope of all things new? Is it in your heart today? The hope of all things new. Maybe, maybe you're in a situation right now in your life that <coughs> you don't see any way out. It just feels like this is your lot in life. This is how you're going to be. And maybe you've lost hope that there ever could be a newness in that particular area you've been struggling with. Maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe it's a marital thing. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's your kids or your parents for that matter. Who knows what it may be. And maybe you just kind of got locked into something. I'm here, I believe, at the will of God today to announce to you the hope of all things new. It is a new day. It is a new week. It is a new season, and God is committed to give us a brand new life and the spirit to get the job done. So what I'd like to do today is I'd like to pray for us together, myself included. And if you don't mind, why don't you stand up on your feet? <clears throat> because I so don't want to just walk out of here having heard a few maybe interesting ideas and having laughed a little bit and not having received what the Lord brought each one of us here today for. Thank you, Father. I think it's very safe to assume this morning that everybody in this room is in one of three places. I think it's pretty safe to boil it down to three places. One place would be that you've never personally responded to the invitation to let Jesus become the Lord of your life. You've been driving your own car and going in ditches for a long time. And you've never personally accepted the fact that no matter how hard you try, you can't ever get it done. You always seem to screw it up. And you've never let him in to be your savior. Not just the guy you, you acknowledge, but the guy that you let in to do the driving for you. The one who becomes Lord. That's one group of people. Maybe that's you today. Another group of people would be those who have accepted him into their life, but they've drawn back because of fear or because of past issues, like Mary Magdalene, who was plagued with some issues from her past. And because of those things, you know, you've, you've believed in Christ, you've accepted him as Savior, but, but like the Shulamite, you've kind of drawn back and you've just you've not been able to make progress because of the fear attached to your life that's another group that potentially are in this room today and then the third group would be those of you who've hung in there but you've lost the hope of all things new in essence you've lost the hope of the future that god has for you 
and somehow you're just going through the motions. Yes, you followed the Lord up onto the, you, you, what you believe the mountain to be, but you're, you're just, you've lost hope inside, and you've not, I believe today, for that group that's maybe here today, God wants to, to fan the flame. Let his word come. It's a new season. The, the, the things are sprouting right now. They're budding again. God says, come with me. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I'm just going to let you stay right where you are. But this is an individual choice, you know. I'm asking you to really be careful not to miss your moment with today. Think for a second, which one of those do you see yourself as? Maybe maybe you see yourself on top of the mountain doing great and everything's fine. I guess there's a fourth group. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe there are those of you that are just swinging from the chandeliers. I don't want to discredit that possibility. But I, I just felt when I was preparing, <coughs> these three that I mentioned are the ones that God wanted me to focus on this morning. Father, you stare right into every heart in this room. Lord, you know. You know who these words are for today. I want to thank you that you have personally placed these words in my mouth for this people right here, right now. Because of great love you have. Because of great desire you have. Like the king who followed her around and said, you're beautiful. Why do you pull away from me? I'm not mad at you. I love you. I'm for you. I want to fulfill everything that can be fulfilled in your life. Come away with me, I hear the Lord saying today. Father, I pray right now, as each one of us ponders our own life this morning, <laughs> I thank you that your spirit is present here today to fill, and to replace other spirits. <clears throat> so let's just pray this prayer together. Say, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. You know me like an open book. Every thought, you've already seen it. I acknowledge I need more of you. I ask you to forgive me for putting you at arm's length, for not responding to your call because of fear, because of my past. I receive this new day, this new week, and this new season as your gift to me. I thank you that the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me if I believe. And I believe. I thank you that when I walk out these doors today, I walk out not alone, but with you. 
I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. I just want you to take just, give me five more minutes here today. And if I go over five minutes and you slip out, I'm not offended. I want to pray for a few people. <clears throat> just personally pray for a few people if it's okay. Amen. Brother, do you mind if I pray for you? You, yeah. Yeah, I just please, if you don't mind, I hope I'm not embarrassing you. I just felt the Lord just make me pause here, and I just uh, I don't know anything about you. Just want just want to bless you today. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for this dear man, and I thank you for the destiny that's been upon his life from his mother's womb. Lord, I thank you, though the, the battle has raged around him. The Lord says, son, you're still standing because of my faithfulness to you. And I hear the Lord saying, son, that the thing that I began some time ago that you put on the shelf, the Lord says, son, I've not put it on the shelf. I've not lost sight of it, though you've moved on to some other things and you've, you've uh, <clears throat> tried to make the best of what you've had. The Lord says, son, I still have in mind that thing I showed you long ago. And I say, even now, I'm causing you to awaken again. I'm blowing upon the ember uh, of your heart, and I'm causing a fresh fire and an anointing to come upon your life again, says the Lord, that you felt like you've lost, and you've, you've not understood why, and it's been a gradual change in the wrong direction. But here the Lord says, I'm causing a new change and a new day and a new season, says God. For it's not too late for you, says the Lord. It's not too late for you, because I have loved you with a perfect love and behold I make all things new and today even now as I have you here I'm wanting you to know that I have my eye on you says the Lord amen bless you bless you <clears throat> thank you <clears throat> let's just minister to the Lord just for a moment father thank you thank you thank you thank you we love you Lord <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Timothy, brother, real quick. <clears throat> Just stretch your hands out towards Timothy. Father, thank you today for Timothy. The Lord says, Son, I'm delivering you from all your fears, and I want you to learn how to say all with me. All your fears. The Lord says, son, you've been buffeted and, and pulled at with fear. But the Lord says, son, I am delivering you. I want you to know today I am delivering you from fear. And these ghosts from your past will not reappear, for I am making an end of them even now. Like the Egyptians drowned in the sea, so will those who have pursued you in fear be no more, says God. And you will possess that which I've called you to possess, and you will do it without having to look behind your back at what's coming to get you, says the Lord. For this is the hour that I'm causing you to make spiritual progress. Therefore, I tell you, take off the rearview mirror and move ahead. 
for I am with you, says the Lord. <laughs> just keep surrendering and just keep yielding. <laughs> spritz, spritz, spritz. <laughs> amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Glory to God. Glory to God. Here's what I think we should do this morning. I'm going to dismiss you. But if you want to hang around, and Jennifer, if you're able to just for a little bit to play, <clears throat> I'd love to just give place to the Holy Spirit this morning. If you need prayer or you want to hang out and get prayer, we're going to just hang here and minister to the Lord. Happy to do it. If you need to slip out, God bless you. It is so, so good to see you here today. And I'm just praying with all my heart that the Spirit of God has given you something to walk out these doors with. Love you, and God bless you. Amen. All right. Don't forget kids if you got kids in the back. Not that you would, but you know. Amen.